Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're going to watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. Is that a dog? The dust has been removed <coughs> from my lungs. I can speak once again, Ray. Oh, hi. Hi. Is that is that Joe? The shambling corpse arises to entertain yeah, all of you. That's, that's definitely Joe. Hi, everyone. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we are going to be discussing E.T., Hi, my name is Ray Hiroso, and last time I checked, E.T. was also a song by Katy Perry. Yeah, so tell me about the plot of the song E.T. by Katy Perry. And before, yeah, so... you, but before you do that, welcome <laughs> us back to the podcast land. We're back. We're back. Hi, and audience. It's a dinosaur story or whatever the thing is. We're back. It's not welcome us back, you silly peepus. Wel- welcome us back. Welcome us back, a dinosaur From the story. grave. Sorry. <clears throat> Here, let me. Welcome us back, a dinosaur story. Tonight at nine. Tonight at nine. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, audience. Say hello to us in our, our, our dulcet tones once more, rising from the ether of podcasts. Yeah, uh, we're back. We're stronger than ever. You can't stop us. Can't hold us down. Um... We're linking arms. We're linking arms and Red Rover, Red Rover, let the world on over. Can't can't get through. That <laughs> that that image. Did you ever play Red Rover as a kid? Um so, okay, so the plot of Red Rover is that you um it's like three kids on a sidewalk or four. Um five is a little too crowded. I would but... not play this game on a sidewalk. Okay, well, that's not the Red Rover I know. Um, and you tell a kid, you so one one kid is like the the like the owner of the the dogs, and is like what? Red Rover, Red Rover, Allie, come on over. And Allie is 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 one of the the others on the other side of the 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 sidewalk, and they come over to that side, and that's the game. That's not... I'm legit. I'm pretty sure that's what I did as a child. Okay, so that's like the baby version. Because in my I version, was a baby. In my version, you would have two teams of kids, like at least five or six kids on a team, and uh, you would definitely not play this game on sidewalk. You'd play it on grass because, the, like, each team would link arms, and then you would say Red Rover, Red Rover, send Allie on over, and then Allie would run full speed at the other link and try to like break through the links of the arms and like run through and, and unlink their arms and get through the other side or they huh. she would be knocked to the ground and winded it's a great um i would like to just say that i this is the first time hearing about this and it just sounds like football practice to me it's football practice and i love it i can't wait to play red rover again when i'm a child again um Speaking of being a child again, let's talk about the plot of E.T., the song by Katy Perry. So, E.T. by Katy Perry. uh, I almost said E.T. Katy Perry is sleeping in bed, and then she gets abducted by aliens, and then the whole song is about her falling in love with an alien, question mark? Okay. So, now that you... Yeah, okay. 
All right. And then I'm wide awake as a continuous sto- story thread where she gets dropped off by the aliens and you, you know, know honestly I can't say pavement. true or false because I am not familiar with that song. But I, what I am familiar with is the film ET, uh, which was released I don't know probably sometime in the '90s. What do you think, Ray? Tell me, tell me about that one. 1991. Okay. Uh, ET is. A, a a science fiction child fantasy movie about E.T., the extraterrestrial who lands in Crashland <laughs> in um uh in a city in Massachusetts. Yep. Uh and is founded by a, a little boy named Chris. Um and they become friends. Sorry, and they become friends. I, I laughed because we were kind of doing some pre-production, making sure we could get into this movie, and I asked you about E.T., uh, and you did confirm that that E.T. was just the guy's name. You did not connect it to the phrase extraterrestrial. So now you've done that, and I'm proud of you. Um, that's where Oh, you're... yeah. Well, the thing is, is that um, uh, E.T. does not, like, have a name, uh, but Chris sees on TV at some point that the FBI is looking for the extra extraterrestrial ET, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Oh, that's your name. It's ET." Mm-hmm. And then ET's okay. like, "ET." Right. And then and so Chris is the boy that crosses paths with ET, and they become best buddies, right? Yeah, yeah. And and um, Chris, uh, th- this is like Chris's first friend because Chris is very like is a big loner. And doesn't like hang around a lot of other kids. Uh-huh. He's like what nine, eight, seven, seven, eight, eight. Chris is eight. Okay. Uh, and so like he forms a bond with ET, and it's just a special moment because ET does in fact quote need to go home. Um, when you say quote, can you <laughs> tell me the line that you're talking about specifically? Uh, yeah, the line, E.T., go home. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Um, <laughs> when, what time of year does this movie take place? Fall. Okay. It takes in the, it takes place in the autumnal times. The autumnal times. So there's, times. like, hoodies, there's jeans, uh-huh. there's red leaves. It's, it, imagine, like, a Stephen King setting. But it's not Stephen King. Right, it's the other Stephen. Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, are there any other, like, characters other than Chris and E.T.? Uh, uh, yeah. So we were talking about this uh, before we recorded. Uh, Chris has a family. He has his mom and his little sister. Little sister is played by um, Drew Barrymore in her breakout role of... Chris's little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, is her name ever said? Nope. <laughs> okay. But they call her baby the whole time. So okay. credited as Chris's little sister, parentheses, baby. Baby. Okay. And she's like a toddler. She's like three or four. Is that what toddlers are? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's still toddling age. Yeah. Um, so that's the family. The dad isn't in the picture. Um, and the mom is like, you know, trying to, to work time to support the family so she's not around a lot but also is like taking care of chris's little sister all the time mm-hmm. uh i'm not really sure how that works if she goes to work who's taking care of baby but you know uh maybe there's a babysitter involved who's just like ancillary okay just yeah just a just a plot device only 
Yeah. Um, can you tell me? I mean, is that is that the, the basic of the plot? Like, what what happens? I guess so. After after E. T. Okay. becomes friends with Chris, and you know, E. T. go home. E. T. needs to go home. Uh, does that happen? How does that happen? What what? Who is the? Where does this conflict come from? Yeah. So, um, E. T. crash lands uh, on in Massachusetts town here. It's called Massachusetts town now. Um, and the FBI come and. Because they need to capture E.T. for experimentation yep. and interrogation, of course. Uh, and Chris sees that on the news. That's where he gets E.T.'s name. And also, it's like, I got to get E.T. out of here. And that's when the E.T. go home conversation starts. And so, like, some of it is just hiding E.T. Some of it is dressing up E.T. like a teenage girl. And there's a mop on his head. Um <laughs> Uh-huh. And just walking around town. And it's convincing, right? It's it's convincing to the townsfolk. Okay. Is it convincing to us? I am no. Okay. I could okay, here's the problem. I could be mashing this up with Roger from American Dad now that I think about it. I think that Roger from American Dad is very, very much based on the on the shape of E.T. And and actually took from E.T. I'm really so upset that this is that. our comeback episode and we talked about American Dad for even two seconds on it. Sorry, you can cut that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's got to stay in now. <laughs> ah, um, so uh, we learn as we as as Chris and E.T. are trying to avoid the the federal government um, in the small town, just kind of also trying to live their life day to day for yeah. a few days. Um, we learn about E.T.'s powers. Okay. Which includes glowing finger. Yeah, and what is what is that? It just glows? It just glows and makes an anime bond connection. So, so that now you they're can, connected like, lead Slay or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the sleigh is Chris's bike, and that's where we get the iconic scene with the full mm-hmm. moon in the background. Right? That's this one? Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and, wait, and... Sorry, did you say it grants the power of flight? Uh, I didn't say that, but I implied it, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's flight or te- telekinesis. Okay. E.T. makes bike float. They cross a gap and escape the, the federal government, and E.T. goes home. Right. So, like, they, they jump some sick vert ramp um, and, like, on a, on a bike, right? Yeah, this is what started Tony Hawk's career. He saw this movie. This is... Okay. So he, okay, um, and when you say escapes the federal government, like in what way is the FBI's force seen and felt in this movie? Um, well, there's a couple government agents, but also they employ the local cops, okay. which aren't taking it seriously. Even so they there's like be the because... agents. There's the agents who like know that an alien is out there. Are these characters mm. like? Do they have names and motivations? Or are they um, just agents? I think they're just nebulous agents who look menacing. Okay. Until they take off their sunglasses at the end, in the middle of the night when E.T. and Chris fly across the sky. Okay, okay. Because they're wearing sunglasses at night. Yes. <laughs> I wear my sunglasses agents. at night, so I can. So you can? Yeah, so I can. Um, I wanted to ask about... 
Okay, you mentioned the the healing, or no, I'm sorry, I didn't say you didn't say anything about healing. Um, you spoiled me. Uh, but can you tell me about the significance of Reese's Pieces in this movie? Uh, oh, I'm gonna get so much flack for that. I'm sorry, it's Reese's Pieces. Uh, it's um, it's ET's favorite snack, and also augments his powers. In what way? <laughs> and uh, why? It it helps him develop human language faster. Okay. Reese's pieces he eats. Uh the the easier he the quicker he develops English language and communicates with Chris. Okay. Um So It's the peanut butter. And okay, and then the okay, the peanut butter helps uh the alien brain develop human mm-hmm. language more quickly. That makes sense. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Um the other thing is the where are they going to, I guess, you know. This sounds like the kind of the climax when uh Chris and ET jump the gorge and they're escaping the FBI. Where are they going? Where like what what is their goal? Uh, they're going to uh, the 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 junkyard, the scrapyard outside of town. That's mm-hmm. where ET's uh, ship landed. Oh, that's convenient. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, are they uh-huh. gonna like fix the ship or like with with what with how with what expertise? Well, now ET like can a... use his his super powered. Um, so he, so it wasn't really broken, but E.T. needed more power. Okay. E.T. himself needed more power to, e. to e. drive e. the himself. ship. Yes, needed more power to drive the ship with brain magic, science. And the with peanut butter power from the Reese's Pieces gave him enough. All, yeah. Gave him enough juice to, to make sure that he could get home. So he... He was running dry on brain juice. Yeah, he by didn't chance crash landed on Earth. Yeah, befriended a young boy who by chance fed him Reese's pieces. Nope, Reese's pieces, uh-huh. which had peanut butter, which happened to interface with his DNA in such a way that allowed him to develop human language and then fly the magic brain spaceship again and leave yes and that is the plot of et did chris go with him no chris stays behind but now knows how to make friends and just has to give people reasons you just gotta give someone reasons pieces you gotta share that's the metaphor you gotta share both both physical objects and about yourself emotionally and be open to that uh there's gonna be so much i'm i'm like really I'm I I can't focus on the conversation anymore because I'm so um distracted by the inevitable conversation we'll say that there will be about the pronunciation of Reese's pieces. <laughs> you need to calm down. It's going to be okay. I'm not over it. People get so heated about it and it's making me sad already. Listen, listen. We have I believe in our audience and community to not <laughs> cut each other's throats over pronunciation. Of I'm not Reese's worried about them pieces. attacking each other. I'm worried about them attacking me. Oh, yeah. No, they'll definitely do that. But you can take it. It's fine. <laughs> I can take it. Um, 
All right. No, don't make fun of Joe. Do not. At- this is hi. Hey, hey, everybody. It's me, Ray. Um, just a quick sidebar. Um, please don't attack Joe over the pronunciation of Reese's pieces and pieces. Um, that's really rude and disrespectful to people. Just like, let it go. Ray, do That's you all. remember what E.T. says when uh, when they use the glowing finger power? Um, well, I wanted to say friend, but my brain went, oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, is it time to eat some popcorn, Ray? Oh, wait. Levitate some popcorn into my mouth. I forgot. I forgot. What was what was your favorite line? What, what what one line from the movie sticks out to you the very most? Um it's it's by mom um telling Chris about Reese's pieces. Uh she says, "You know, Chris, there's peanut butter in those things. It's actually good for you." <laughs> and she's being sarcastic. Okay. But he takes it seriously. He takes it seriously. Is this before or after he meets E.T.? This is like the, the beginning of the movie, okay. like 10 minutes in. So is the, quick question, is E.T. just one long commercial for Reese's Pieces? I will have to ask Mr. Hershey about that. Uh, okay. Yes. Let's go eat some <laughs> Reese's. <laughs> Let's take a quick okay. Reese's Pieces break. Ooh, different. Still a movie snack, though. (laughs) Yeah, still a movie snack. I'll see you at the concession stand. Yeah. Well, Ray, we're back from E.T., and I want to know how you're feeling right now. Um, you ever watch a movie, and then it takes a turn, and then it takes back on that turn, and you're like, (laughs) "Was, was any of this real? Was this a dream? Did this movie happen? Um, I can tell you how pa- I'm feeling right now. D- uh, yeah. Ouch. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I. Oh boy, ET. Is this a classic? Yeah. Okay. Why? Why do you ask? Um. I, I can see why it's a classic, but also, um, I do feel there are some things that I should have been warned about. <laughs> okay. Not I... angry. I'm just surprised. I'm more the shock value of the fact. If you're talking that... about when ET died, I genuinely didn't remember that that happened. ET dies, <laughs> everyone. Uh, Somehow, so... I have not been spoiled on that fact. I. I hadn't been spoiled on it. I've seen this movie a handful of times, and I did not remember that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please, go ahead. Do your um, summary. Yeah, I'm just going to... Uh, supplied by Google.com, ET plot summary. After a gentle alien becomes stranded on Earth, the being is discovered and befriended by a young boy named Elliot. Bringing the extraterrestrial into his suburban California house, Elliot introduces E.T., as the alien is dubbed, to his brother and his little sister, Gertie. And the children decide to keep its existence a secret. Soon, however, E.T. falls ill, resulting in a government intervention and a dire situation for both Elliot and the alien. 
Um, and then what's not written there is that E.T. dies and then uh, his mommy and daddy come to pick him up and he is alive again. And he feels better. See, the thing is that, you know, I think it's possible, like, it, it's it's left up to, you know, us, the viewer, but I think we're supposed to understand it as possibly he didn't die, like, fully, you know, like, and, you know. It's alien thing. It's an alien, and the the government specialists are not going to have a perfect understanding of alien Right, right. Uh, anatomy. But here's what I, I, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's just it, and 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 the reason that, or as far as we can tell, the reason that ET got sick in the first place is because the link between uh, him and the rest of his crew on the spaceship had been severed for too long, and they have some kind of telepathic bond, anime which, bond, as I called it, an anime bond, which he does also infect Elliot with uh, at some point, and then like when that happens again isn't clear, but as the movie progresses, it's clear that it has happened. Here's my thing on E.T.'s death. I know we're skipping a lot. We're skipping to this because I feel like I need to talk about this. Yeah. Yes, maybe the government did not understand alien physiology. Absolutely. All the characters assumed that E.T. died and there was a grieving process and there was about 20 minutes of the characters grieving and me sitting here thinking... What just happened That's to true. this movie? Whether or not E.T. actually died is kind of irrelevant because emotionally, everyone went through him, him dying, including us, the viewer. And then as soon as E.T. comes back, it's just fine. It's just funny again. It's just a, a, a feel-good kids movie. Literally, as soon as E.T. comes back, it's like, look, he's fine. He's just phone home. I'm, and he's excited about phoning home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... The tone of this movie shifts so quickly at points. Yeah. That I oh my gosh. So it's just a lot. <laughs> let's talk about the men. <laughs> there there is kind of a, a through line in this movie that the authority figures from the very first scene, um, generally, outside of mom, are displayed as a man or a group of men, the top half of them is off camera. Sometimes they speak, but mostly they just walk around menacingly. There's menacing mu- music. And it is clear that they are very, you know, they're they're not even really able to communicate on Elliot's level because he's a kid. This culminates in, at the end of the movie. So the government is, like, tracking them and gathering evidence on the alien uh, because they're, I, their purposes are never made clear. Um, it's never clear why they're trying to do this. But at the end of the movie, they locate it in Elliot's house, and without telling anyone who lives there, they, like, wrap it up in uh, biohazard material, and they have, like, all these doctors and spacesuits come inside and invade the home, um, that's a, a big tonal shift. That's big tonal shift. Yeah, right there. it's scary. It's scary, and like it's they're terrifying. just like completely exerting the authority without even communicating what they're doing or why. Right. No. The so the, at the beginning we're like there's there's mysterious men here, and 
We're like, it's ominous. We're not supposed to like it. And it continues. And then we it culminates in the reveal that it's the government. <laughs> right. And they're doing these shady things. And they're in astronaut suits. Yeah, they're in spacesuits at first. I don't know. And they're also walking like there's moon gravity, which is was a really weird scene. I, this whole, that whole point, what, what, as soon as they open the door and they're, and they reveal the astronauts, I'm like, this is. This is the beginning of Elliot's path into death. Like, this is a fever dream. <laughs> Elliot is dying right now. <laughs> Elliot is dying right now. This is purgatory. Because everything shifted. Like, there was an astronaut climbing in through their window. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. was one in the kitchen. And I'm like, I get that all of this was just to, like, orchestrate the fear and anxiety and it's right. a kids movie for, for the most framing part. it as a kids movie it makes a lot of sense literally textually it is buck wild it's and like absolutely. It, i remember watching it as a kid and being terrified of the spacemen <laughs> like and the and like that creepy sense and tone is there in the beginning with the shed scene and like learning about et yeah but they ramp it up during that scene and it's it's good i like the scene it's just it didn't expect it in this movie. <laughs> what I what I really love about E.T. is that, I mean, it's a movie about, I guess, a lot of things. But it, it's a movie about communicating empathetically, which is, a, like, like, is something that, you know, E.T. is an alien and has telepathic powers and eventually learns how to speak but at the beginning of the movie they him and elliot really don't know what the other is all about they're very afraid of each other at first but the very first interaction they have is elliot throws a ball into the shed and then et throws it back out in the exact same way and he just mirrors what elliot does and that's how Mm -hmm. they form a connection is they start mirroring each other and you know, we do the same thing with kids who can't speak. We do the same thing with animals. Um, and I, I, I love that, like, that is where the the communication and where they are actually able to learn about each other come from. Whereas when mm-hmm. all of the government people came in and started doing their tests and doing their surgeries and stuff, and they were using all this equipment, like, in very cold, very logical, that is when E.T. died. And, like, that, that is when the communication was severed. Right. That's a good point. I, I didn't think about it that way. It's And then as soon as Elliot is alone again with E.T. grieving in essentially E.T.'s coffin, that's yeah. when that that empathy comes back again. Right. And I, and I think, you know, again, that's a thing that, like, watching it as a kid, you, I think you're meant to understand that Elliot saying I love you to E.T.'s corpse is what gave him enough energy to come back to life. Mm-hmm. But I think also the other aliens were coming back and probably got into range of his mm-hmm. tele- telepathic it's... bond or whatever. I, I know it was a joke in the first half, but it's absolutely wild how the anime bond is an actual thing. Yeah. This yeah, movie. yeah. No, I forgot about that, too. I, I like I remember them communicating and learning how to talk to each other and stuff, but I, I didn't remember that. Like, the in fr- the first scene that or where they're where they're hanging out, you see 
E.T. mirroring Elliot and putting his face to his mouth, and then you see E.T. kind of starting to get sleepy, and you see Elliot gets Elliot gets sleepy. That was cute. And it's cute, but it's also, like, understandable. Like, if you are in a room with a sleepy animal, you're going to get sleepy. It doesn't mean you have a telepathic link. It's just kind of a... You just feel together. Mm-hmm. Um... But then, <laughs> later on, there's a scene where Elliot has to go to school, and E.T. stays home, and he drinks a couple of beers out of the fridge, I guess, because uh, that's what an alien would do. And then Elliot is at school and is drunk, like, because E.T. That's ha- a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. That, it was really funny. Okay. It was really weird. <laughs> I, The dissection stuff was also very fever dream to me, and... Yeah. I don't, like, of course, yes, again, it's a kid's movie, but I'm just like, I don't know, again, the tone (laughs) of that scene was wildly different, vastly different from from what the movie was trying to capture. Although, whimsy was a big part of this movie, right? Indeed, yeah. But I don't know, that scene in particular where there were just frogs everywhere. Too many frogs. There were too many frogs. There were too many frogs. From from the first moment, Elliot is a gentle kid, and you know he was scared of ET at first, but then he wanted to become friends with it and take care of it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the whole time he's like, I, "I want you to stay here, and like we can grow up together and stuff." And ET has to go home or he'll die. Um, but and Elliot understands that, but you know. That I think that's amplified to the point where he's in school and they're supposed to they're supposed to dissect frogs, and the the frogs are alive and they're supposed to put the frogs to sleep oh. with chloroform and then do a dissection, which is gruesome. Uh, it's this a movie lot. Was made in nineteen eighty two, and um, I said at some point, um, is this scene indicative of the end of the movie? And you said, nah. It was though. <laughs> it was. It was. Because and then well, the Elliot's end... like talking to the frog in the jar. He's like, Can you say hi? Can you say can you talk yeah. to me? And then he and then he decides he's gotta free all the frogs. Now, there were like twenty kids in the class and when he and freed all the like, frogs there were like two hundred. <laughs> there were like frogs everywhere. <laughs> Uh, no, it, I really like that scene because I it felt like out of it felt out of place, right? Yeah. But then all the stuff about ET dying happens, and it makes sense that the whole point is it ET is the frog. <laughs> ET the frogs were dying. ET was dying, and he, uh, Elliot had to let go of ET. Both right, in a right. ET died sense, and also ET needs to go home sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something yeah, oh go go on, ahead. please well this might be nothing but it might be nothing but they talk a lot about how the dad is not in the picture in this movie yeah it comes up a few times um and i couldn't get this thought out of my head when everyone all the kids were saying goodbye to et and the mom uh was just in the background just kind of watching mm-hmm. i just couldn't shake this thought that this is the kid's it it was also a metaphor of the kids saying goodbye to their father. Yeah, maybe head. you know it gives them a chance to uh, say goodbye to a loved one. Which yeah, it sounds like they didn't get a chance to do. It sounds like the dad just kind of cut and run. Yeah, which you know it might be nothing, it might be something, but that's just something I it's noticed. A, yeah, I, you know that that B plot doesn't exist on accident. You know, like there there's a reason for it. There's a reason it comes up so much. I think that's that's there's probably something to that. 
Oh, um, I have something we can talk about. Hit me. Uh, the lighting in this movie. The lighting. The lighting in this movie is absolutely phenomenal. The lighting is incredible, yeah. At all points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's extra, but... It's like movie lighting, but like it accents the scenes in a way that you're like, you're not pulled out of the movie, right? It's just highlighting what's being felt in the scene. I I, I was talking during the movie. I talked a lot during the movie, Uh, but specifically the scene where the the family is in the, the, the dining room and they bring up the dad and the mom goes in the shadows. Yeah. That yeah. was very powerful and impactful. I I really like the scene where uh, it was after the first night where Elliot had thrown the ball and E.T. had thrown the ball back. Or maybe it was that same night and then Elliot went back out outside and was sitting outside in the chair and like waiting mm-hmm. for him, like looking for him and then kind of fell asleep in the chair. But he fell asleep with the flashlight like pointed up in the air at like a 30 degree angle across the screen and then on the right side of the screen was the shed all lit up and it was it was just very dynamic yeah yeah it was good i that that was a good setting it was a very good thing there's lots of good setting in this yes. movie. yeah um, and, the, and the child acting is yeah really good uh the acting i think at least from the main family is really really pretty solid in this movie Yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, go on. Oh, I just really like Drew Barrymore's character a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is a very honest depiction of a child. <laughs> yeah. In the best way. Yeah. She wasn't annoying, but she was, you know, a child. She was a little annoying, but not in a bratty or unrealistic way. Right. Not and in the... a character characterized way, but just like in the way that kids are annoying sometimes. Right. And the same thing with the big brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I expected to absolutely despise as soon as we met him, but I was thankfully proven wrong and was yeah. actually very integral to saving E.T. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing I like about this movie is that like, you know, they really did need each other to get out of, well, I mean, I guess Elliot was fine. Like he wasn't, he wasn't in any real danger or anything like that. Elliot was going to die. <laughs> once once E.T. came into Elliot's life, they did need each other to, <sighs> to fix E.T.'s situation, I guess, at the very least. It, like, yes. like, E.T. could not have gotten back on his own. Yes. And I, I said this, too. I was expecting a lot of withholding E.T.'s existence from everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the the siblings were included and eventually even the mom. Yeah. That was nice. Well, even though the mom was a little too late. <laughs> well, the mom was too late, but also interestingly like like when they when Elliot first showed ET to his siblings, they were like kind of freaked out at first, but then they were like we got to we got to keep it like we got to keep it locked down. This is going to be our little buddy. Can't tell any adults. At least yeah. not yet. And then even when things were super dire, when things were bad, they had to go to mom for help. And then her first like reaction was to pull all the kids away from a dying ET and yeah. presumably go to the authorities, but then they go downstairs and the authorities are there invading their home. So yeah, <laughs> it kind of just a... went off the rails at that point. It really did. Huh? Oh goodness. 
when we started the back half of this episode, I said that I was feeling ouch. And that is because uh, <laughs> at one point, Elliot pricks his finger on a circular saw blade. And he says, ouch. And then E.T. says, ouch. And uh, heals it with a glowing, healing finger. And then that's kind of a recurring thing. Um, and at the end of the movie, and I knew this line was going to happen, but it was, it just, it was still a gut punch at the end of the movie when they, when Elliot and E.T. are parting ways, I think like E.T. like kind of points to his heart and says, ouch. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) That did get me. It's good. I noticed that during the first half, during a lot of the setup of this movie, we were just kind of talking. But as soon as E.T. starts dying, both of us shut up and just yeah. watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All the way yeah. until the end. Like, nary a word was spoken between us for about an hour. <laughs> it's gripping. It's sad. And it's weird because, like, if I think about E.T., like, even now, if I think about that weird little funky little guy, I'm like... I don't really see how I would be attached to this thing. Like it's 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 kind of ugly. It's kind of weird. It's kind of it, it doesn't really talk a lot. Like it doesn't have a much of a personality, but it does. It it really it does. does. Like the way that it the noises that it makes, the way that it speaks, um, and the way that it's very expressive, even with a very small like the, the very limited amount of things that they were able to do with the with the dummy. Like, what do you mean they didn't get a real alien? They didn't get a real ET. Uh, he Why? Was, he was well because if they had brought him to Earth, he would have died. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! But yeah, they they managed to to squeeze a lot of emotion out of a you know a, a silly alien doll. I mean, didn't we get a similar thing to um, that that other movie? The robot one. Oh, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Yeah. Short yeah. Circuit also had... There's this fascination of non-human and non-animal like things becoming sentient or like extraterrestrials that, that Hollywood seems to be fasc- seemed to be fascinated by back then. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was I, going with that. Well, when I remember at one point like when the government was taking over the house or whatever, I was tempted to say, like, no disassemble, no disassemble. Yeah. So it's funny that you also made that I think that, you that said comparison. that. I oh, think did you I? did say Yeah, you okay. did. <laughs> you did say it. Um, I also got, and I've never seen this movie, but I got big Free Willy vibes from this movie as I've well. I've never seen Re- Free Willy. I just know that Willy had to get free, right? Is yeah. that? The... <laughs> yeah. Willy go home. Willy had Willy to get free home. and go find his friends, or his heart would stop beating, and he would turn to ice. <laughs> and and oh gosh, and he has a psychic anime link with yeah. little boy. <laughs> I think yeah, that was one of the scariest parts uh, and saddest parts is like they they establish the psychic link, and then ET starts to get sick because he's not near the spaceship or his fellow Some, aliens something or something something is wrong that he he needs and because he's got this link with Elliot Elliot also starts to get very sick and on his deathbed and then they're like in surgery or not surgery but they're in like a, a makeshift medical tent in their house together and all the scientists are like poking and prodding and trying to get them to 
to be right and you can see a readout where they're like brain waves are connected and then all of a sudden you see those brain waves get severed as et continues to uh decline and elliot quickly starts to come back to full health and you're like oh no that's it like et cut the link because you know he knows this is it and he doesn't want elliot to go down with him yeah that was the part where um this got me to the where et where where elliot said stay and then et said stay and that meant stay as in stay alive and yeah. cut the link. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> My emotions. <sighs> you know what I'm upset about in this movie? What? Is Keys, man. Yeah. Was it just an an identifier that this character was going to be important in some way? Because So, like... yeah, my, my understanding is because the Keys guy... Uh, reveals toward the end of the movie that the the alien the alien or those aliens or something touched down you know 20 30 years ago when he was 10 years old and so he's known about aliens for a long time and that explains why he was in the woods at the beginning of the movie you know he would be the first person the first responder if there was if there was uh alien activity like maybe they come back every 10 years or something and and he started to learn the pattern and so he was in the woods looking for them and that's what ended up getting et separated in the first place but then Mm -hmm. also he works for like the fbi or whatever um and he's important and also seems to have different objectives than the fbi he's like not the director but he's also yeah. more important than everyone there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what role he was meant to play. Because, like, I feel like they had an idea and then dropped it halfway. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we were also like, is he the dad? Is he the dad? <laughs> because also, there's like, a scene where he's listening in to Elliot and Mike talk about their dad's old shirt. And he's just, like, listening intently yeah. for a long time. There's, there's also a scene where after E.T. quote-unquote dies... Uh, they lock up the, the the ice chamber and I, we see them lock it. I'm like, is this where the keys come in? Like, it was, <laughs> it was so much. I'm like, yeah. why are there so much red earrings around this man? <laughs> the keys, I don't think, are meant to go to anything. It's just so that we can track that it's the same guy. And it's also weird that in the very beginning of the movie, he is presented as, like, the leader of the authority of the man of the off-screen scary guys that don't talk and then all of a sudden he just is like no i'm i'm chill and i i want et to stay alive whatever it takes and but then also tries well he's not really there during the chase no <laughs> yeah he, he's totally hands off after that point he's, he's like, like there for like one scene where the kids like bike over him and never again I don't know. I feel like that character was underutilized. It it just felt or overutilized. Strange. One of the two, or it was yeah. two characters rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, some there was something about that character that could have gone through some 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 edits. There, some, that was some... also a shift in the movie. You know, I've I've talked about how the authority is kind of off screen and doesn't really talk at all. As soon as he reveals himself, that's also when all the doctors and all the government workers in the house start asking questions and they don't seem malevolent they they don't no. seem like they seem pretty innocuous definitely like not caring in the right way or about the right things you know they're, 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 they're gonna going take... through a 
Sorry. E- they're planning on taking E.T.'s corpse away, and Elliot rightly says they're just going to cut them all up, you know, like they're just looking for data or whatever. But mm-hmm. they're not bad, necessarily. They're very cold and just going through a procedure. They're not... They're just doing their job, honestly. They're just doing their job, and there is, a, like you said, an extreme lack of empathy between right. any of them. But they're not scary in the same way that they are throughout the rest of the movie. In the first... Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, I agree with you. So, yeah, weird tonal thing but like outside of that like i don't know i i I enjoyed this movie a lot more than i thought i was going to if we were just sitting if we were just sitting to watch it i wouldn't have like interrogated all of these questions so thoroughly yeah (laughs) i would just been like huh weird that that man never like amounted to anything (laughs) yeah strange but not important at all to the enjoyment of the movie honestly yeah no just yeah, I mean, it's already a two-hour movie, so maybe they cut stuff, too, you know? Uh, we've already been here a while. I, I have been blabbering. Um, Ray, would you recommend this movie uh, and watching it to somebody who had never seen it before? Uh, I I honestly don't know. Um, would I recommend E.T. to somebody who hasn't seen E.T.? That was your question, right? I'm just stalling for time. Um, the thing about E.T. So E.T. is a movie about an extraterrestrial. I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't know. Like, it was a fun time. I don't know. And this might just be because I haven't seen movies in a while, but I feel like I can do better. That's fair. You know, I... It was weird in a lot of ways. There was also a lot of weird, like, Star Wars references. And there was a, a lot, lot of Star product Wars. placement. Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. But, um, yeah, it, I don't know. I loved it a lot, but maybe I'm more nostalgic about it than I realize. Because I, I don't really have a clear memory of it from it. I know I watched it as a kid at least a couple of times, but I don't really like remember it as one of my faves. But it definitely hit me watching it again. Hmm. It hit me, but not, like, in a way that I'm like, oh, I gotta get X to see this. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So there you go. There you have it, folks. One more classic that might not be so classic. Scratch it off the list. You don't need to watch E.T. Um... A little harsh. <laughs> you made me sound super harsh. <laughs> Thank you for defending yourself. Right, yeah, for, and... for making a dip, an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for watching this movie with me. Uh, thank you, Joe, for watching it with me as well. Thank you to Chongo also for doing our theme music. And thank you to Ross for the art. It's still good. Still so love good. it. And as always i I would like to say but we've definitely been inactive for a few months but you can find us on twitter at mock footage or send an email to mock footage at gmail.com um we're back at it and i want to know what movies you want to hear us talk about we're looking for movies like et movies that are generally known as movies that people have seen and know about but maybe you've never seen and probably ray has never seen um that's that's kind of i know it's a it's a weird (laughs) set of parameters and it's going to be hard for you to know exactly what to suggest but throw a few suggestions our way and we'll see if something 
fits with our uh, criteria. And also, if you'd be so kind, uh, could you please leave us a review on iTunes? A five-star review would be ideal, but we really just want to know what you have to say about the show, what you think about it. And if you like it, share it with your friends too, because that's what this show is about, is sharing things with your friends. Well, right, that has been E.T. What was your favorite or most memorable line from it, do you think? Um, let me pull up E.T. by Katy Perry and see if I can pick a <laughs> verse or a line from it. No, um, uh, I mean, gosh, ouch was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, ouch is my pick for sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you all for listening to mock footage. Oh, we don't do that, do we? No, we just say that's it. That's it. Okay, we say the quote. We fade it out. Yeah, we're gone. <laughs> Thank you.